We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Iron Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. Jason, we're talking about the Bulls on a four-game losing streak. The Bulls' six-game winning streak has given way to four straight defeats. The most recent one, a 118-112 loss to the Bucks. Uh, that was on the second end of a back-to-back Bulls coming off a six-point loss to the Atlanta Hawks where Trey Young just went absolutely bananas in the fourth quarter. I think he read all of our tweets about how <laughs> locking him down. Uh, so we knew it was going to be tough for the Bulls going into that game against Milwaukee just on the second half of a back-to-back, still without Caruso, Lonzo, Patrick Williams. And we saw Billy Donovan make a change in the starting lineup, starting Tristan Thompson. He closed with Tristan Thompson as well. Those double big lineups were pretty much a disaster all the way through. Before we get into it, though, Jason, you were at the game. This game was obviously circled on the calendar because it was the Bulls' first meeting against the Bucs since Grayson Allen took out our boy Caruso in midair. So what was just like the atmosphere like in the stadium? And uh, what was your experience like at the game? Yeah, I mean, it was a great atmosphere Friday night national TV game with the with the Grayson Allen thing. And I mean, he got booed mercilessly during intros. He was booed when he had the ball. I feel like he didn't really do anything. I know he tried to like play it off, though. I've, I mean, he probably has heard worse at Duke. Uh, I believe that was his, his quote because he probably that's probably actually true because everyone hated him in college. But uh, I mean, it was good. Like I said, it was a, it was a grouty crowd. The game was exciting. Uh, they had, I mean, some huge highlight moments. I mean, Derek Jones Jr. dunking on Giannis. Uh, I believe Zach had a really sick alley-oop dunk and like the crowd was going nuts for that. So really fun to be uh, part of that. And they're up in the 300 level. Uh, obviously, there were a good amount of Bucks fans there, but I didn't notice any like fights or anything like that. Anything crazy like that breaking out. But it was just a good atmosphere, a fun game. But another just unfortunate loss 
to, as you mentioned, four losses in a row, another loss to a top team. I believe I saw the stat that the Bulls are now like one in 13 against the top seven in the NBA. That might have changed, or I'm not sure if that's still, depending on how the standings have played out recently in the last couple of days. I'm not sure if that's still totally legit, but whatever. We know the Bulls, we talked about it on our last pod. We know the Bulls have stunk against uh, top teams, and like you would hope to at some point like they'd get lucky in a game here. Uh, but the Bucks game and the Hawks game were both kind of similar, I feel like. Uh, where like the bull, there were moments where the Bulls were going to pull away. Uh, that happened in the fourth quarter against the Hawks as well. They went up nine. And then, as you mentioned, Trey Young absolutely goes off. Bulls offense kind of falters down the stretch. And that happened again. The Bulls gave up 40 points in the fourth against the Hawks. They gave up 37. They got outscored by 13, I think, in the fourth against the Bucks after taking a seven point lead into the fourth quarter. Uh, and yeah, it's just like it's just not good. I know as I was kind of down in the dumps tweeting after the game, just I mean, you're not really down in the dumps. I've just kind of come like to accept that like this current version of this Bulls team, and I, I have something coming at bloggable about it tomorrow uh, on Monday. Just they're just not that good. Uh, I think we both agree that like when healthy, this team is really dangerous. They could they could play against just about anybody. Like they they'd be uh, they wouldn't be favored in a few series against certain teams, but like we know that they're really good. Lonzo and Crusoe just change everything. And that's basically the whole point. And to a lesser extent, Pat, but just this version of the team, they can't beat good teams. They haven't been that good overall. I believe uh, the stat I used was since they beat the Pistons by 46 back in January, that was like right before the Nets Warriors back-to-back blowout losses, right before Lonzo goes, gets hurt. Uh, the Bulls are 12 and 14 with one of the worst defensive ratings in the NBA. The offense has been elite. So because DeMar has been great. He has been slumping a bit lately. He slumped to a 10 of 29 shooting against the Bucks. But in general, DeMar has been great. But yeah, they have their main defensive guys are out. Zach Levine, who did play really well against the Bucks, has not quite been himself. He did have 30 against the Bucks. Uh, so when just the, those factors take away your the, your main defensive guys who basically transform your defense from terrible to pretty damn good, borderline elite. And Zach just not being consistently as great he is. It's just not a good team. <laughs> They're mediocre as hell. Uh, and it kind of is what it is. And they just have to survive enough. To, and they should, I think, be able to stay in the top six, avoid the play-in tournament. The Raptors losing to the Pistons and Magic the last couple of games, really helpful. The Nets still falling apart here. They're falling off. The Nets are at ninth now behind the Hornets. So, like, as long as the Bulls don't completely implode here, stay in the top six. Celtics are probably going to pass them. It's okay, but I've just like as it was like I said, fun game. But I've just kind of come to accept that this version of the team just it's not that good, and it's just kind of a bummer considering how good they were when they had those other guys. Yeah, and their issues against the top teams are really going to come under a microscope the rest of this month, I think. Because you look at the rest of the month, okay, their next game Philly. is at <laughs> Philly against Harden and the Sixers. Harden rested on the second end of a back-to-back against Miami on Saturday. So you know he's going to be ready to go. They're 4-0 with Harden in the lineup. That's a tough game. You still got to play Utah at Utah. You got to play the Suns in Phoenix. You have another game at the Bucks. Uh, they have two games against the Cavs. Hopefully they're able to win those games, stay ahead of the Cavs in uh, the playoff seating race. You got to go to the Clippers or you face the Clippers as well. So the real question is, will Lonzo and Caruso come back this month? Will Patrick Williams potentially come back this month? Because, yeah, it's just a different team without those guys. There's no doubt about it. They set, uh, they basically just like set the level of intensity for everyone else to follow and they're both just incredibly skilled, versatile defenders, right? 
high IQ, really good hands. Uh, they fueled the Bulls' success defensively just as much as DeRozan and Levine did offensively at the start of the year. So not having those guys has been just a gigantic bummer. Uh, you really hope they can get a couple weeks in the regular season before the playoffs start because – Jace, there's going to be no easy matchups in the Eastern Conference this year. I mean, the Cavs are probably the one team you're looking at where if you get them in the 4-5, uh, you're probably feeling pretty good about the Bulls' chances heading into that series, though it certainly wouldn't be an easy series. But as of right now, the Bulls would be facing the Celtics in a 4-5. Bulls currently would have home court advantage in that matchup. Uh, Celtics are trending up, though. They beat the Nets today behind a 54-point performance from Jason Tatum. The Celtics are charging up the standings behind an elite defense, two really good shot makers in Tatum and Brown. Uh, and, you know, they they just got more size in the Bulls, too, with Robert Williams. And, and, they, yeah, and they made some nice trades. They got Daniel Tice back. They got Derek White. Derek White got hurt. Is, how, is that right? He had been really good for them, though. Just like a really – they needed some depth, and they addressed that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they, I, I tweeted about this and a lot of people were mad at me about like, like maybe the, like at, at we obviously we hate the Celtics here. We love ragging on them, Bulls and six and all that. But like the Celtics, again, they've been like the best team in the East, uh, basically in 2022, as you mentioned, elite defense, I believe they are number one overall defensively. Now Tatum has figured it out uh, after his early season slump, their defense or their offense is elite too. And I tweeted, like, you know, like, it pains me to say it, but the Celtics might be better than the Bulls. And I'm talking about the healthy Bulls. I'm not just talking about, like, this current version of the Bulls. We're not good. They're obviously better than this version. Uh, and a lot of people got mad at me for saying that. But, like, it's that's not even as much about the Bulls, who we both think are, when healthy, are really good. The Celtics just look really nasty right now, man. Uh, it, when you have this long of a stretch where they go with an elite defense and the offense has been great, like, I think there's something like 21 and six or some shit like that in 2022, something like that. And they've been like with Marcus when smart plays, they've lost like two games in the last couple of months. Uh, or I think I saw the stat was like, so they're 21 and five or 21, six with their normal starting lineup. So they are just really damn good. So that's just another team between Miami, Philly, Milwaukee, and now the Celtics are really strong. The Cavs have fallen off a bit, but uh, I mean, they're still just a really tough matchup with their size. Yeah. So like, I mean, it would, a, a bull Celtics first round series would be awesome. Just, I mean, the pure entertained value, I think it'd be a great series. I think the bulls could absolutely win it. Uh, but the Celtics just are revving. They're peaking right now at the right time, heading into this, the playoffs. Like as, if they say healthy, they're just going to be a real bitch to play against. Yeah. I really don't want to match up against the Celtics because their defense is just so tough. Kevin Farragan was pointing out on Twitter, our boy NBA couch side, that they're set up pretty similarly to the Bulls with uh, Tatum and Brown in the DeRozan Levine role. Uh, you got two quick, smart ball movers who are terrific defenders and Marcus Smart and Derek White playing like Lonzo and Caruso. Uh, Vooch is an upgrade over Horford, but Horford has actually been pretty good lately. Anyways, we've already talked way too much about the Celtics, but I want to talk about the, the Thompson. Yes. Vooch yeah. Back to this. Yeah. Because we saw I, Go ahead. When, when Billy announced that, that he was going to start Tristan Thompson in this game, I was like, is anyone else seeing this? Like, this is totally ridiculous. How is he doing this? How is he getting away with this? Now it is a little reminiscent of him starting Tyler Cook against the Bucks in their most recent matchup before this, that was the game Caruso got hurt. I thought Tyler Cook did a really good job on Giannis in that game. Uh, he was not on the roster for this game. I believe he's still finishing up the season with the Windy City Bulls in the G League. Uh, so you go with Tristan Thompson, the two big look. Jason, it was basically a total disaster. Was in 20 minutes, or in 
let, let me get these. They've played. Right. They've played 21 minutes. Yeah, they've played 21 minutes together. They're minus 16. They played. It's, this is funny because we talked about this on the last pod. Like we all oh, like maybe we'll see in certain matchups. Vooch and Vooch and uh, Tristan play together. He went to it a little bit against the Hawks. Did not work then. Uh, I believe. I think he went to that in the fourth quarter. The stretch. Yeah, yeah, he went to it in the fourth quarter, uh, and then he starts it as you said in the, in this Bucks game. Uh, because the idea was that oh Tristan can maybe guard Giannis because the, the Bucks start Giannis and then Bobby Portis is their front court right now. Uh, and yeah, it was brutal from the start. Port Bobby Portis, they had Vooch trying to chase Bobby Portis around the perimeter. He was getting wide open jumpers from the opening tip. They got in an early hole. Uh, and, and I'm shocked that Billy went back to it down the stretch. I mean, Thompson had five fouls in like 20 minutes was a minus 25 uh, Javante, who had been struggling lately, had a really nice game off the bench. Like that was working a bit better. Maybe you tried Derek Jones Jr. more against like Giannis, but him, Billy, like the, I, throwing throwing them out there to start the game, like questionable, as you said. I could maybe see it. The fact that he went back to it in crunch time was definitely baffling. Uh, and I, I'm pretty sure even with those guys on the court, uh, I think they gave up a few offensive rebounds from if I, what I remember exactly, and just like. Brutal. Like that's that's the one like reason you're playing those two guys is for like defense and rebounding, and it cer- certainly did not work out very well. Uh, just kind of another point to that, like the fact that the Billy is going that and trying this kind of stuff out. This guy they just signed, who's a veteran, like, and he's I don't, I'm not gonna say he's washed, but he's shown some nice things. But the fact that Billy is like trying this stuff and going to that is just another point. To this current version of the Bulls is not good when you have to like when you're getting desperate and get going like that. Uh, and I tweeted this uh, after the game that my wife, who does not like Tristan Thompson, and we talked about this on a recent pod, just uh, the Kardashian angle and all the off-court stuff was like, she even was like, you know, Tristan Thompson was like useless tonight. Like he was like playing for the other team. Like my wife, not a basketball fan, really just uh, her <laughs> untrained eye was correct though on this one. Tristan Thompson was obviously terrible in this game. Very bizarre cho- coaching choices for Billy. Uh, but I think he's, I believe he said after the game that he's going to keep going to it or keep trying it I feel like certain matchups maybe but uh the small sample size so far is not great i think our guy mark karen sula said uh the new how, how, do, how do you pronounce that i missed the pronunciation for Let's the new just website call it chgo chgo shout out to those guys by the way formerly bulls hq them him and will gottlieb joining the crew uh over there with the new sh- new website there mark did a piece on the two big lineup just kind of highlighting the issues with it and yeah and there are issues with it for sure If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Thompson being minus 25 in 20 minutes, he was just such an eyesore. Like occasionally, (laughs) or 
usually single game plus minus can be like noisy, not really representative of what happened on the floor in the game. Uh, it was very representative <laughs> in the game. And I don't even really want to kill Thompson because it's not his fault. It's just not, not a great matchup. Like he's a backup five at this point. Exactly. Like, I think that he has to be a straight five. Like, in, I guess when they're playing them together, Vooch is the four. Vooch gets reduced to a floor spacer a lot in those double big lineups. Uh, Vooch's three-point shot has just not been as good as last year. That's not a good role for Vooch. For Vooch to be at his most effective, you want him screening, catching the ball, passing. That's where Vooch is really good. And then when he gets on his roll, trying to get a deep seal in the paint for an easy bucket... Uh, I really feel like the pairing makes basically both of them worse <laughs> when they're both in there together. Uh, you saw Javante, who obviously six foot four, what is he, 215 pounds at most, yeah. 210 pounds. Uh, he, I thought he defended Giannis a lot better than Tristan did. Tristan was basically just backpedaling into oblivion, and then yeah. Giannis eats up that space so quickly with his speed and his length uh, that he had no chance to guard Giannis. But I sort of understand why Billy at least went with it because they're getting crushed on the offensive glass in this game right before Thompson entered the game in the fourth. I think they gave up two or three offensive rebounds. Well, Thompson comes into the game and they give up the <laughs> offensive rebounds again. The big problem was the guards not boxing out. Drew Holiday had four offensive rebounds. He had several big ones in the fourth quarter. I thought Holiday absolutely dominated this game. 26 points against the Bulls, 10 to 20 shooting. 16 in the field. fourth. 16 in the fourth and absolutely elite defense. He's a total madman. You saw that DeRozan wasn't able to really take advantage of him when he got him on switches uh, or the Bucks would basically like not switch and keep Holiday on DeRozan. Holiday is incredible. He's like Caruso who can get to 25 on any given night. You know what I mean? Uh, in terms of his on-court impact. So, dude, when the Bucks have Holiday, Giannis, and Middleton all clicking, like that's a very tough team to beat. I do think that there's spots you could take advantage of them at. And, I mean, the Bulls could have won this game. Easily. Yeah. They were up two with five minutes left. Yep, they were uh, right came there. Down to the last few minutes, Tristan Thompson comes into the game and just sort of <laughs> – submarines their chances uh with the two big pairing and you know part of me sort of understands like yeah this is the end of the regular season we're beat up uh we might as well use these games to like test some stuff and see if maybe we can find a cool combination that can work for us but i'm telling you man this vooch thompson pairing is just not going to work and i'm disappointed that billy wants to keep going to it because uh, it really takes the Bulls out of the sort of team they are at their best. And we saw flashes of that team in this game. You mentioned the Derek Jones dunk on Giannis. I think that's one of the best dunks in Bulls history. That's one of the takes I wanted to unload on this podcast. Uh, they also had an incredible play that was a little reminiscent of, uh, if you remember the play earlier this year, I believe it was Lonzo through a bullet. Like Crusoe made a diving stop. Lonzo. Oh, yeah. Ball football style pass yeah. to Levine. I think he did 360 off that similar play happens this time where Levine jumps up in the air, makes a pass down court to Derek Jones finishes an and one against Giannis. I believe it was Giannis. Uh, but we saw the bulls have like some highlight real plays again. And to be that like up tempo team that, uh, you know, can space the floor vertically as well as horizontally with so many lob threats. So I love to see the bulls getting back to that style of play. You can't do it when you got the two big lineups. It just really makes 
uh, transition opportunities more difficult on both ends of the floor. It like hurts the transition defense as well. So uh, I don't want to see that shit again. <laughs> well, it sounds like we're going to, I feel like I said in the Grizzly, like after that Grizzlies game, like maybe you try it out in a matchup like that. Uh, but like, is that, and I'm not, I'm not going to blame Thompson, as I said, but like, and then, go ahead. One more thing I wanted to say. Yeah. If we're going to complain about the offensive rebounding, that is another area where like the offensive rebounds you're giving up, I should say defensively. Yeah. That's another area where Caruso and Lonzo are really going to help because yeah. Lonzo is a great rebounder for a guard. Caruso always boxes out and you know, Levine and DeRozan uh, do not always box out and they got taken advantage of on the offensive glass several times. You think of offensive rebounding as a thing for the bigs, but especially in today's game, when there's so many threes, so many long rebounds, you need your guards to box out and to be attentive rebounders. Uh, that has not been the case for the Bulls since Crusoe and Alonzo are out. Yeah, I mean, they just totally changed like the edge, the vibes, whatever you want to call it. The Bulls like don't play with an edge without those guys. I mean, and and I, like I said, this is going to be in the thing that's going on bloggable. It's just like the team we're looking at right now is basically the, what a lot of people thought the Bulls might be like at the beginning of the year. The question marks about like the like the defense, uh, like, well, your top three guys are Vooch, DeRozan, Levine. Like, how is that team going to be able to stop people? Caruso and Lonzo were able were able to totally co- basically cover that up. You'd get the highlight reel plays, just like the just the in, the the like I said the vibes, the the fun stuff. Like the team was one of the most fun teams to watch because of how they could turn defense into offense so quickly and get have so many high, highlight reel plays. And they just they just can't get stops anymore. They the, the fast break points just aren't there as much. So there were a few this last game against the Bucks, but. Just the total, they don't have their edge. They can't rely on their defense to get stops. And now that DeMar has kind of come back down to earth a bit, you have a four-game losing streak because he is not, he's, and he was not going to be able to shoot 60% and average like 35 a game for the rest of the season. You knew there was going to be a little slump coming. I'm not worried about him, but uh, against really good defenses, like, and they're going to send a lot of pressure at him and make others beat him and make him continue to make really tough shots. Like there was going to be, if he's not hitting, and you can't get stops. Like that's how you lose these close games. And the bulls just keep losing them when they play better competition. And uh, just really tough. Like I said, it's a huge bummer, uh, but I've come to accept it and it is what it is. Uh, 30 points in this game took 26 shots, did attack the basket a little bit more. Uh, I really think that they like, if the bulls are going to go on a charmed run in the playoffs, you got to get the best version of Zach. Obviously, Zach is not going to be 100% healthy. There, He still can be pretty good. He yep. was pretty good in this game. Uh, you just wonder if, like, you know, whatever the 10, 20% he's missing is, like, some of that is, like, little stuff, like not boxing out or, like, Def- yeah, defense stuff, too. Shows up. So, uh, I think, first of all, how do you think Zach looked offensively? And, you know, where, where do you think his level is? Yeah, I mean, he had some explosive plays. Uh, obviously, 30 points on 26 shots isn't great, but, I mean, uh, it was one of his better, more just general all around. I think he had what, like six assists. Uh, obviously, again, the defense was a problem. I know there was one possession, I think, in the fourth quarter where uh, I think he was guarding Drew Holiday and he just got absolutely roasted, like not even close. And like, that's obviously a problem. Uh, but I mean, I feel like it looked as good as he could. Uh, and if you're getting a 30, whatever, 30 points, whatever. That's nice. I said, obviously, again, but the again, the offense wasn't really the problem. You put up one twelve or whatever. Uh, I guess in the in the fourth quarter, it kind of was, but you put up one twelve. You'd be like to be able to win, but the Bulls just can't get stops, and 
Zach has, I feel like, faltered a bit defensively. He's never, he's obviously never been a great defensive player, but I do think, uh, I mean, there was a whole, we had this whole conversation in our group DM chat about that play where Trey Young uh, found Bogdan or Bogdan Bogdanovich for a wide open corner three, where like Zach, for some reason, like really showed hard early and then just like left Bogdan wide open. There was no rotation. Uh, just seemed like a silly play. Uh, and the Bulls, again, they just, they can't, they just can't get stops when it matters now. And that's why they're losing these games against good teams. Yeah. And just one other note on this game was the free throws. The Bulls shot 11 oh, free throws as yeah. a team all game. Giannis shot 19 by himself. <laughs> Milwaukee had 33 free throws. So it was really a miracle. The Bulls were even in this game. That was uh, with, the, the Hawks game was the same way. I think the Hawks was like 28 to seven, but even then I'm not going to complain about the refs. Like I don't think it didn't seem like the calls Giannis is always going to get calls. Uh, he's impossible. He to, he's impossible to defend. Uh, he's impossible to officiate. You're following him. The bulls don't have guys who can like credibly defend him. So like Tristan Thompson was following the shit out of him. Absolutely deserve those free throw attempts. Uh, and the bulls just like, haven't been attacking as much. Like DeMar, we obviously Sometimes attacks, but he does a lot of the work in mid-range. Zach hasn't been attacking quite as much. Vooch doesn't get to the line. And even when they are healthy, they just don't have guys who like get to the line a ton. Uh, but and they foul a lot. So like the discrepancies the last couple of days at the foul and haven't really like I'm not blaming that at all on their losses. They just they can't defend and uh they foul a lot, especially when they're down their main players. So Caruso follows a lot too, just because he's super physical, but we know he's obviously good. It's a bummer. Uh, so I want to see more Javante and Derek Jones still, even with Tristan here. Like I still want to see Derek Jones at the backup five. I think you found something with those lineups uh, when Vooch had COVID earlier in the season. And just like when he's had the opportunity, I don't think you could use it in every matchup, but I definitely think it's something you want to have in your back pocket, uh, you know, coming into the playoffs. And then I thought Javante played really well the last couple of games too. Uh Against Milwaukee, four or five from the field, nine points. Uh, you know, I, Thompson was a good pickup for the buyout market. I do think he can bring something to the team yeah. that they lacked in terms Absolutely. of like having a legitimate backup five. And you know, like you know, you go he back goons to that, it up too, which is nice. <laughs> go back to the uh, Memphis game when Stephen Adams was just like crushing Vooch on the glass. All right, you know what? Don't be afraid to go with Thompson for a stretch if it's a night where Vooch doesn't have it when you want more size up front, uh, because, you know, we've seen pretty wide variance in Vooch's play, right? Like that's been a trend all season. Seems like he'll play a few bad games. We think he's terrible. And then he'll have a really strong stretch and then he'll have a bad game. Everyone thinks he's he terrible. was mostly fine against the bucks. I think he had like 20, it was like a plus 10 or 11. He was mostly, it was just was the two bad. big lineup. That was awful <laughs> for sure. So uh, yeah, we definitely want to see more Vooch with Javante. And then I think just like some Derek Jones at the five minutes would be good too. Yeah. Derek Jones Jr. Also did. I forgot to mention, apparently I, from where I was sitting, I didn't, couldn't tell if that his hit on Grayson Allen was a flagrant. I feel like it definitely was uh, after the fact, uh, after seeing the replay of it, but uh, at least he put him on his ass. Like it, it didn't seem like he tried to do it maliciously. Uh, obviously, <laughs> Yeah, people were called. There was a big just like talk about how like all oh, like Tristan, like Tristan Thompson was like warning, like oh someone's got to basically warning him about just whatever was going to happen. And Jones, like I said, hit him. It didn't seem like it was malicious. It wasn't. It certainly was not on the level of what uh, what Allen did to Crusoe. I certainly would not do not want guys to hurt other players. But 
giving <laughs> putting guys on the ass in a in a non dirty way is obviously nice. To, not, can I see not, Thompson is like a goon? Like it is nice to have kind of a goon guy who can just come off the bench and goon it up, <laughs> play physical. And we've seen, like I said, we've seen Tristan do that in some games. Like I, I thought he was played pretty well against the Hawks too before they went to the two big lineup. I think he's been nice as a backup five so far. Uh, just yeah, the two big thing is weird. We'll see what they do against Joel Embiid, who is there up next uh, tomorrow, Monday, again, a six o'clock game against the Sixers. And obviously James Harden is there. The Bulls have never beaten Joel Embiid. Uh, they're going to have, he's going to get to, there's going to be a lot of fouls called Embiid and Harden get to the line a ton. It's probably going to be a long game. It'll probably be annoying, but uh, I certainly do not expect the Bulls to win this game tomorrow. I would like to at least like to be competitive. Uh, and if they do somehow win, they feel really nice and shut shut me up for calling the bull this version of the bulls shitty. Uh, it's obviously gonna be tough though. They, they just Sixers look so good. Tyrese Maxey has been incredible as well. Uh, and they, I mean, they just look like a legitimate title contender now for sure. So it feels like the bulls are gonna get crashed, get absolutely crashed. <laughs> yeah, I'm not able to watch that one live. Uh, I am gonna you know rewatch it when I'm able to. So. That's going to be a really fun game, but like you just worry about the defensive matchups. Like yeah. they really pose a problem for a lot of teams when Harden's playing at this level. I think Harden's putting up like 27 and 12 since he got yeah. traded. Uh, and like I said, the Sixers haven't lost. So going to be a tough one. But after that, the Bulls do have a couple winnable games. You know, you hope they can just continue being able to beat the teams they should be. Yeah. And they yeah. have been very good at that yep. all year. So you're going on after you play at Philly on Monday, you got at the Pistons on Wednesday. Pistons have been a little frisky lately. So that like they can't look past that game. They play Cleveland next week and they gotta they gotta focus on the Pistons because they Cade's been playing pretty well. They obviously have Jeremy Grant back. Uh, and, they, and like I said, they just beat the Raptors. I think they beat did they beat the Celtics recently. I think they did. They they've been kind of frisky. They're obviously their record is terrible. They're going to get a top pick, but they've been they've been better lately. At least pretty competitive. So they Bulls can't sleepwalk into that game uh, for sure. Like they kind of like the opening game of the season against the Pistons. The Bulls kind of just sucked and almost lost. But so the Bulls got to come out focused for that game. Hopefully they yeah two and one would be a nice week. You lose to the Sixers, but then if you can beat the Pistons, then you have your home against yeah. the Cavs next Saturday. That would be nice. Ricky, anything else? We should probably wrap it up here. I think we can wrap it up. All right. Uh, as always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network uh, for all the good stuff that they do for us here at Cash and all the other great pods they have, have all across the network. For us here at Cash Considerations, H. Cowboys Podcast, as always, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. We're on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, all those places. <laughs> um, for, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky is at SBN underscore Ricky. Please hit us up. So I'll be watching the game tomorrow. Hopefully not complaining about the Bulls getting their ass kicked by the Sixers. Uh, and as always, shout out to Fuzz Gun. Check out a SoundCloud for our new intro this season. So, again, Bulls Sixers tomorrow. This has been Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Take it easy. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. 
This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.